Have you ever thought about moving into one of those retirement communities that are really popular right now? You probably know the ones that I'm talking about. These places have every single activity that you can possibly imagine, and people really seem to love these places. So on today's episode, which is going to be a little bit different than normal, I interview a couple who's going to share with our audience their experience in the community that they recently moved to. I think you'll enjoy the conversation, and who knows, maybe it's something that you might be interested in. So let's jump in. Here's my conversation with Joe and Suzanne Best. It's time for the My Retirement Clarity Podcast with Lee Perkins, financial planner and president of JL Perkins Wealth Management. Get ready for a good dose of inspiration, simplicity, implementation, and of course, clarity on how to successfully prepare for retirement and grow and preserve your wealth. Here's Ben George with Lee Perkins. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the My Retirement Clarity Podcast. I think we're getting close to 70 podcasts, uh, 70 episodes at this point. So it's pretty crazy to think, but we are now approaching about a thousand downloads a month. So we really appreciate everybody out there who tunes in to the show on a regular basis. And so if you are a regular listener to the podcast, uh, you'll notice that my normal co-host, uh, Ben George, is not here today. And that's because today's show is going to be a little bit different because we've got a couple of very special guests joining me today. Joe and Suzanne Best have been clients of our firm for probably close to 10 years, I think. I think we met in either 2012 or 2013. I'm not 100% positive. But the reason that I asked them to join me on the show today was so they could share a little bit about their story, sort of how they met, when they retired, their decisions that went into that. And then more importantly, I want to get into their experience with the community that they live in right now in Opelika, Alabama. They live in a, a retirement community. And there's a lot of these types of places, different types of retirement communities out there, all offering a bunch of different things. And they're becoming more and more popular with people. So I thought I'd have Joe and Suzanne share a little bit about their experience in their community. So Joe and Suzanne, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you, Lee. All right. Good deal. Good deal. This will be a lot of fun. I know you guys have never done this before, and I've only done it a couple of times, but we'll, we're going to have, have fun with it. Um, so first things first, I know you guys have had a lot going on uh, the last couple of weeks. So are there any significant developments in your life? Anything you want to talk about? Uh, We are the proud grandparents of our very first grandchild. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we talked a few weeks ago and and we knew that that was, we had a pending grandbaby and and this is the first, right? That's it. So how has grandparent duty gone so far? That's going great. Uh, Grandmother got to spend the first 10 days with the family up in Atlanta and, um, just being a set of helpful hands and getting lots of little snuggles in. What about you, Bob? I love it. Absolutely love it. I, I, I pop in just for the, the holding and nap time. There you go. <laughs> Every, everybody that has had grandchildren said it's just a, the coolest thing in the world. And uh, you don't, you know, you don't know until you, until you have them, you know? That's so, it. so anyway, all right, well, good deal. Well, um, tell me a little bit. I want to kind of, before we, we jump in on everything. I wanted to give our listeners just a little bit of a background on 
kind of your your story, how, you know, how you met and all those kind of things. So I guess we'll jump into that. How did, how did you guys first meet? Well, um, Joe and I both actually kind of ended up displaced after college in um, Columbus, Georgia. That's where we ended up with our very first jobs and met through a young and singles program at one of the local churches. And um, I guess the rest of it is sort of history, as they would say, but we were both were in a community that we were not from and um, kind of gravitated toward this group of people that were very similar in the station in life that we were and got off on the right foot by meeting in church, as they say. I got you. All right. Well, so who asked who out first? Well, I'm sure I asked her out. <laughs> If you didn't, at least that's the story we're going to tell. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I got you. I got you. So, so how long did y'all date before you decided to tie the knot? We were, I guess, about about eighteen months. Uh, maybe, maybe not even that long. We were. I know we got married. We were twenty-five when we got married, and uh, but yeah, I would say we dated a little over a year uh, before we got married. I guess I can't remember exactly. Well, okay. That was thirty. That was thirty-six years ago. Maybe. Thirty-six years I ago. Remember, I can't remember things like that. I got you. I got you. Still newlyweds, though. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Well, we're Pam and I just celebrated 21. So we're we're a little bit behind you. And if we can make it through this house build, uh, maybe we will get to 36 years. So as you know, building a house can be a little bit of a a a stress point on a marriage. And of course, that's certainly what what we are going through. You guys got married kind of mid-20s range. Tell me what what each of you did for a living. Uh, at that point, I, I kind of know what you did, you know, as you're leading up to retirement, but tell me how long you did what you did. Well, um, I actually was a 30 year veteran educator, public school educator. Um, so I taught science in a local middle school in Columbus and then went on when we were transferred with Joe's job. I was always able to pick up another middle school position. And, um, but I, so I was in the same career my entire 30 years of working. Very actually, nice. I, think I, only, I think I only actually worked in up having to work about 29. Okay. Uh, at the end of the day, we can talk about that another, later, but um, yeah, but yeah right. I'm a veteran. I was a veteran at middle school my entire career. Okay. And that was in mostly the Atlanta, up in the Atlanta yeah, area? Yeah, mostly in the Atlanta area. And I actually, the last 10 years, I was an assistant principal at a local middle school. Very nice. And I think that's where you were when, when we first met. So what about you, Joe? I was uh, started out in Columbus. I was with the Columbus Police Department. And I always joke, that's really how Suzanne and I met. I, uh, I arrested her one night. There you go. The corner. That, that's a joke. <laughs> that's a total joke. There you go. I was a police officer in Columbus for four years, then um, got hired with the state of Georgia as a state board of pardons and parole, parole officer, and then was fortunate enough to go from there to the federal level of law enforcement and work for the U.S. courts as a, a federal probation officer. And that's where I retired from after 20 years with them. Got it. All right. So how old were you when you both retired? Because I think this is fascinating. It's a cool it part is. of the story. We were both 51 years old. Wow. Suzanne had credit for 30 years of of teaching at that point. And I had my 20 years in with federal law enforcement at age 51. We were able to uh, walk out the door. Very cool. Well, as a 52-year-old who is not uh, planning to retire anytime soon, I'm very envious. And I know some people out there listening to the show are probably envious as well. So, Tell me about some of the maybe the concerns or thoughts that you had leading 
into retirement? Was there anything that that was sort of keeping you from from making that decision? Anything that made you re- rethink it or hesitate before you actually pulled the trigger? Well, to me, it was, it's all about debt. If you don't have debt, you don't have to work. So we uh, we eliminated as much debt as we could so that we would be able to retire at age 51. Right. You know, driving older cars than a lot of our friends were driving and staying in one house for quite a while. And the only debt we had when we retired at 51, we had a house note that was paid off within two or three years. So, right. again, it's just that was the biggest concern I had was can you pay your bills? But then I thought, well, if we plan this right and pay off our bills ahead of time, then we, we can do this. Well, but, and another thing that was interesting for us is we also still had um, a minor child in high school. Okay. So we still had, so when we retired, she was a senior in high school and we still had four years of college in front of us. Wow. So you retired from your jobs and still had college to think about. Wow. That's, that's, that's a pretty, pretty neat thing. And I remember having the conversation going, all right, these these folks have planned. They're they're ready for it. So so everything was good. Uh, and this is obviously the daughter that just had had the baby. Time flies. Time flies. Yes, it does. Wow. All right. So so once you did retire, tell me a little bit about what retirement was like for you when you first actually you know you first actually retired the first few months or, or six months or a year. What what did you guys do to to stay busy? Susan stayed busy. I let her tell you what she was doing. Well, I mean, the, I had already started a uh, tutoring business. So um, I went from one student after school a couple of days a week to about 20 kids after school every week for tutoring. So I, that's sort of what I did in the afternoons and early evenings. But we also did a lot of home. Basically, we started out really just trying to get some home improvement things taken care of and um, just some things that we've not done because we were, we were working and had yeah kids in high school and active with all of that. And so um, that's kind of where we started with it. From. Yeah. I, I, that's pretty common. in what I hear with people that are um, newly retired is they, they spend a lot of time to start off with, you know, fixing up the house, doing the the things that they've just didn't have the time to do when, when they were still working. So, so that's, that's pretty cool. But I, I guess eventually that sort of uh, you run out of things to do, or, or did you still just wind up with tons of things to do? Well, there's still things to do, but, but as you continue doing that stuff, suddenly there's not as much money to do it as uh, there right. And uh, and that's with her tutoring. And then I also went back, uh, worked part time with the Gwinnett County Sheriff's Office, and uh, you know just to help make ends meet so that we could pay for travel and continuing to do home stuff. Uh, home improvement and to get our daughter through college. Through college. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned travel. Did you guys do any kind of bucket list traveling um, early on in, in retirement? We've always been pretty good with travel, been pretty big with travel. That was always important to us. And uh, Suzanne is from Wyoming originally. And so we love going out west, out to Colorado, Wyoming, Montana. And so we've been doing that for a lot of years. There was no no real big bucket list thing that we've done, but we've been to a lot of all inclusives. We've had a couple of cruises. We've a lot of trips back back out west, and a lot of trips to Florida to the beaches, and trips right. to the mountains. You know, nothing major, but a lot, but we stay busy with our travel. Very very cool. Do y'all do any over, overseas travel? Well, we had plans to until COVID reared its head. Exactly. We had to cancel that. Uh, we were going to do a, a cruise, a Mediterranean cruise. So okay. That's that's still out there. We're waiting until everything is back to normal, whatever normal is. 
I got you. Well, tell me how how you wound up. I, I guess Joe, for you, you wound up back near Auburn. Um, I know that's that's where you went to school, right? How did you wind up back in back there? And how did you talk Suzanne, who is not an Auburn, not a not an Auburn Tiger, um, in in going back back to that area? Well, her parents are um, they live in Columbus, Georgia. And they're getting up in age a little bit, you know, mid-80s. Uh, Suzanne wanted to be closer to them as they uh, got older. And uh, I did not want to move back to Columbus, Georgia. That's where I started. I was a police officer, and Columbus was not my destination. Right. So we kind of compromised. And uh, I wanted to, I've always always been a dream of mine to get back to Auburn. I graduated from Auburn back in 1983. And it's always been in the back of my mind how I'd love to live back down in the area. So it was kind of an easy sell to her, telling her that you're only going to be 30, 45 minutes away from your parents, smaller town, lots to do. And uh, and she, good old girl, she is, she said, that sounds great. Let's get it. She's a trooper. I got it. Yes. So, so how long have you been there? How long have you been in Auburn now? Uh, we've been here exactly two years now. We actually moved right at the start of uh, COVID. and. Um, so it was kind of a, I guess it's just a lot. Our daughter had gotten married six months before that and COVID hit and it was like, okay, let's just get the heck out of Dodge. And so we did. And um, we've been here ever since. There you go. All right. Well, tell me, how did you guys wind up deciding to move into the, the, the retirement community that you, that you're in rather than just buying a, you know, a regular house in a regular neighborhood? Um, so what went into that, that decision? How did you learn about that concept? Well, we, I mean, we were just in the area looking and, uh, you know, we were looking at regular homes like we've always lived in. The route had to do all the yard work and uh, we thought that's the route we were going to go. And then uh, as we were riding, we just kind of discovered this, uh, this neighborhood that had a sign out front saying 55 and up active adult um, community. And uh, we're in our late fifties at that point, so thinking, hey, let's go check that out. And as yeah. we looked, and uh, it just looked like a neat concept. You know, I love the idea of somebody doing my yard work for me after doing yard work for thirty. Having, well, all exactly, yeah, that was yeah, so that was I one of the things I was gonna work. yeah, I yeah. was gonna ask you is how much yard work have you done since you've been there? Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm pulling a few weeds every now and then that that pop up, but uh, not much, right? Not much. Wow. I know the, you know, kind of the over 55, the active community. So tell me what active community sort of means. What all goes into that? Well, I, I think that this is a very, we're, we're not, we're not in a, um, we're not like in a, some of those more nationally recognized 55 and up communities. This is a independent, small community. We've got about 135 houses and, um, active community is that we've got a we've got a I mean, we've got a clubhouse we've got a pool we've got a pickleball court we've got walking trails we've got 44 acres or 45 acres of natural trails um, that run through our subdivision but the active part really is more on a social level there's always if you want to be involved you can be involved as much or as little as you want and they there's planned things for men there's planned things for women there's planned things for couples right and um you can, as I say, just be as busy or not busy as you want. But we don't, it's a community in that everybody's like a lot like us. The majority of people here have all been transplanted back to Auburn. Um, they all, almost all of them have got some sort of tie like Joe does 
to the area. And so that's been nice because you're with a bunch of, you know, relatively similar interests, like-minded people who just love Auburn University. And so that in itself makes it a a very communicable kind of place, a lot of community um, spirit about it, people looking after each other. If somebody doesn't see you out walking, somebody's going to ask you where you've been. Yeah. And that's kind of cool. Right. Of course, now I'm expecting Lee to be my neighbor because Suzanne spilled the beans and we have a pickleball court. There you go. There you go. So I I was going to ask about pickleball. All right. So you got how many courts do you have there? We just have one. Just have the one. All right. So, but not far from here, 10 minutes from here, there's a, uh, there are 12 covered courts. And as of next week, there'll be an additional 12 covered courts opening up. Yes. Quit 24 covered pickleball courts 10 minutes from our house. Exactly. And for the, everybody who listens to the show, you've heard me talk about pickleball on several occasions. And Joe is correct. I got the same email you did that they are opening the, the yeah. second half of the complex in Opelika. And if you are a pickleballer, it is a fantastic facility. Two separate covered areas, 12 courts each. It is, it's fantastic. I actually yeah. played in a tournament there. What was it? Maybe six weeks or so ago. And Joe actually yeah. came and yeah. came and, and watched my partner and I play. Uh, we Fear did not. All. Yeah. We didn't do great that, that game. Uh, we thought we should have won it, but turns out that that team that we played the very first game wound up being undefeated and won the tournament. So I, that made us feel a little bit better. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what do we have to do Joe to get Suzanne on the pickleball court? I've got to get her out of the gym long enough to, <laughs> To play pickleball. Yep. She's sort of a gym rat. I understand. She's in the yeah. gym every morning. So, yeah. No, that's good. Well, you know, as a matter of fact, as soon as we're done here, I'm, I'm already dressed for it. I'm going over to play pickleball this afternoon. There you go. There you go. Yeah. It's uh, it's a cool thing. And I know Suzanne, you enjoy working out and uh, you know, I, what's cool about the whole concept is, you know, anything that you want to do, you can pretty much find some like-minded people that can do those, those sort of, things with you. I think you said that you've played cards there before and, you know, Joey do a men's breakfast. So a lot of community. Uh, So y'all have met some pretty neat people that are, you know, tell me about your friend group there versus your friend group in your, maybe in the old neighborhood that you were in. That's what Suzanne always laughs about. She says, we've been living here for two years and we, we know tenfold more than we ever knew in our previous neighborhoods. And And we knew a lot of people there. But you just about know everybody here, and so and everybody just is so friendly and outgoing, and it's just uh, it's easy to get to know people in a, in a community like this. Right. So one of Pam's concerns, my wife Pam, as she and I have talked about this whole concept before, because her mother moved into a uh, a place similar in Arizona. Pam is, doesn't think that she would like this type of concept because. She doesn't want people being in her business, so to speak. Tell me about that. I, I'm sure there are nosy neighbors, but are, are you able to be as involved or as uninvolved as you'd like to be? Oh, I, absolutely. I think that that's true. Um, I, I understand what Pam is saying. You know, the one thing that we've noticed, remember, we lived in a, we lived in metropolitan Atlanta for 33 years. Wow. Bless your um, hearts. So, yeah, yeah. you know, we were... And that's a completely different kind of mindset, you know, um, than it is to live in a small community. But 
you know, older people have time on their hands and some of them just have a really strong opinion about how things should be done. So you can either get on board and be part of that, or you can just say, you know what, I don't, I'll let y'all handle that, take care of it. I'm good to go do whatever it is I'm going to do. So I think, yes, you can be as involved as you want. You can be as quiet and private as you want. For me, the good news is, is that, you know, if the, if the widow lady behind me, if I don't see her for a day or two, we're going to go check on her. Right. And just because people are paying attention to that, there's some comfort in that. Hey folks, Lee Perkins here. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know how much I hate taxes, and I know you probably do too. Our politicians are completely out of control. Their spending is off the chart, and you've got to be prepared for increasing taxes in the future. So we've written a book called Diffuse, Seven Steps to Protecting Your 401k or IRA from the Ticking Tax Time Bomb. You're going to want to grab a copy of this book and learn how you can protect yourself. Then you'll have to decide if you want to take action right now or if you'd rather wait until the IRS changes the rules of the game. Either way, the choice is yours. To get a free copy of the book, just text the word DEFUSE to 478-475-2050. That's D-E-F-U-S-E to 478-475-2050. And we'll send you a free copy. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. In, in your neighborhood, I know it's over 55. Who? How? What's the oldest person that you know there? Yeah, there's a couple of guys that are like in their upper 80s. Okay. They're still active too. Right. And now there are some people we've never seen. The, the houses stay pretty much closed up. And uh, so we don't even know exactly who lives in some of those houses. Right. Every now and then you'll see somebody like somebody on a walk or outside the front door. And go, oh, okay. There's an elderly gentleman that lives there. But right. there are right. some, some older people, but there's a lot of people our age. That yeah. We're 61 now. There are 50 year olds in this neighborhood. There's a lot of 60 year olds. I'd say 60s and early 70s is probably the majority of the people. Got it. And so, like you said, this is not a one of the national places. So it's not like a Del Webb community or like yeah. the villages in Florida, which those things can be enorm- enormous. This yeah. is a little bit smaller community. How many homes are in in the the community that you guys are in? Well, when it's totally built out of your 135. There's still about 15, maybe to 10, be built, 10, 10 or 15. Okay. Cool. Neat. Well, tell me some of the the neat things or cool activities that you've been able to do at Auburn as far as some of the collegiate events. I know, Joe, I'll see some pictures of you on, on Facebook every once in a while. And I'm like, I didn't know that Auburn did equestrian. And there's, you know, Joe's got a picture of him being in an equestrian yeah, meet or good. match or game. I don't I don't know what you call an equestrian event. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure either. Competition. I, I was there, Competition. But, uh, okay. Yeah. There, there's so many things that yeah, you, you don't even know it goes on around the university unless you've been around the university your entire life. And, uh, you know, obviously there's every athletic event possible. There's arts, there's, there's music, you know, concerts and music all the time. Um, but one of the things I really like about it is the opportunity to volunteer at some different, different places around Auburn and just, uh, and learn a lot. You know, I work at the uh, Raptor Center, which is eagles and hawks and owls, stuff like that. I go there one day a week and uh, give them some of my time. I've learned so much about those birds of prey. Now I'm working with the uh, Canine Performance Sciences, which uh, does research on um, canines, uh, exceptional canines that 
sniff out bombs and fentanyl and all this stuff. And I'm actually assisting them and learning so much from them. So, you know, you're around a university, which is made for learning. Well, I'm continuing to learn, even in my 60s, by getting involved with, with a lot of the things that goes on on the campus. That's pretty cool. So what, what do you think is maybe the, the neatest thing that you've been involved with on, on, as being on campus or attached to campus? Something that maybe you didn't even know that existed. Um, the coolest thing I got to be involved in was, was volunteering with the uh, gymnastics regional. We had, yeah, we had four, four teams. Georgia was one of them, Auburn. There's two other teams that came into the Auburn Arena, and I volunteered to help out with it. And they actually allowed me to get down on the floor beside the gymnast and really? hold a scorecard as the oh, wow. did their routine. I mean, that was just fascinating to me. Uh, and It's so cool to be involved in something like that. Yeah, being down on the floor, you're right there close to yeah, the to the uh, action. Yeah. And I assume that was in one of the newer facilities there. Okay. So my daughter Channing did a, a, a cheer camp at Auburn this past summer. I, I may have told you that. And that cheer camp was in, I guess, what they call the old gymnasium where yeah, they used Coliseum. their old arena. It was, it was pretty cool. A lot of history in there. Yeah. I've, I've got a buddy of mine who is a, a big Auburn fan. And um, he was telling me a little bit about the history of that place. And now, you know, it's sort of outdated from a, you know, oh, yeah. just from the standpoint of how new and really sort of exotic these these new facilities are at all of the places, you know, at every college. I was just talking to somebody this morning. I actually graduated in that place, in that Coliseum. Really? I thought it was that. Now they, now they graduate inside big football stadiums. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of folks. And, yeah. you know, we've got uh, friends whose kids are going to Auburn this year, trying to get in. It, it is now, I think, one of the, the toughest schools in the country to get in because there's so many people trying to get in. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of hearts get broken when yeah. they, they get deferred and maybe have to go somewhere for, for the first year and try to transfer in. So, but yeah. anyway. I guess kind of a follow-up question on, uh, or maybe I'm asking for your comment here. So what overall advice would you give somebody who's considering this type of, of retirement community or this type of retirement lifestyle and who's just not sure if they want to ready to consider that? What, what advice would you give to those, those people? You know, I was talking to a friend the other day. Um, he called me and he retired within the year. And he says he's getting antsy. He says, I need something to do. So he's thinking about going back to work. And of course, he have that Social Security uh, uh, earnings test that he's got to worry about and all. And I said, yeah, you can go back to work and do that. Or if you can find some things to get yourself involved in that's not work, you know, volunteering and stuff, it's just as fulfilling. And you're still around people and doing and you feel that you're productive, that you're doing something you don't need to actually draw a paycheck for that. But as far as, you know, advice to people are thinking about retiring, everybody I've talked to that has retired, I've not met one person who says, I wish I would have kept working. That is so true. So, so happy they've done it. Yeah. That's something, some advice that I give people when they, they come in the office and they're talking about just, you know, everybody has the same concern. They don't, they don't know if they're ready. They've never done it before. So it's a little nerve wracking and, and people really sort of go through what I call the emotional phases of retirement, sort of that nervousness. Can I do it? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it's making the right decision. And then once they get 
maybe a month or so out and, and there's no kind of going back, there's a sense of relief on, on their, you know, on their faces that I can see. And man, then after they pull the trigger and they're retired and they come back in a month later, they're like, man, I wish I would have done this earlier. And that's mm-hmm. probably, now I don't know that you could retire much earlier than- We couldn't have done that. <laughs> than, than you did, because you guys did retire very early. So that that's awesome. So yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Now, we, when we talked earlier, we talked a little bit about um, in retirement f- for you guys, it's become a little bit more about experiences versus buying stuff. As we we get older, you know, sort of, sort of the stages of adulthood as you buy a house and then you accumulate stuff and then you buy a bigger house and then you accumulate more stuff. So kind of, you know, maybe Joe, you're directing that that question towards Suzanne. What what would you say say to that? Well, I think that it, you know, you have to observe, you have to recognize that you you are really at a different stage in your life. So you know. And all these stages kind of change and and what you need for day-to-day living isn't the same when you're working as it is when you're retired. You know, I I, I mean, I saved, how much money do I save a month by not having a dry cleaning bill? But I, I think that a lot of it is for us, it was just, you know, you just make the decision in the best frame of mind that you're in. And then you go with it. And if you don't, if it doesn't work, then you just shift and change and do whatever. I mean, we, we decided to downsize our home. We, we knew our daughter would come and visit us. So we've got a guest bedroom. We knew we were going to probably have grandchildren. So we've got a second guest bedroom. And we downsized our house by half and we still could downsize again. We don't want stuff. We don't buy stuff anymore. We buy things we need, but we don't, we're not trying to buy stuff. We're, we are going places and doing things. When our daughter got married, we made a decision to not overdo Christmas and birthdays, and we give our kids our time and presents, and we go somewhere and we do things. And that is our and that's our intent with this grandchild as well. Um, Let her parents buy what she needs, and we're gonna we're gonna open up the horizons and um, opportunities and experiences that that she can get, but also that we want our kids to have um, as well. Because it is about time, it's about presence. And it's not about stuff. You're, you're exactly presence with a C and not presence yes. with a T. Exactly. Yeah, I love it because because your your grandchildren are going to remember, you know, you taking them to, you know, to activities at Auburn or whatever or trips that you go on. They're not going to remember that you bought them a, you know, a game or some kind of toy when they were five years old, but they'll, they'll remember those experiences. And, and I think, I think that's just a part of us getting older and seeing life through, through a different set of lenses with, with wisdom and things like that. When we're younger, we want to accumulate stuff and that stuff just becomes less and less important. I, I've still yet to meet the person uh, who, you know, has been faced with a, terminal illness and they they don't have much time left. I've yet to meet the person that said, man, I sure wish I had a whole lot more stuff, yeah. but they wish, you know, they wish sometimes that they would have spent some of their, their time differently. Uh, and some people have that regrets, but I don't think that you guys are probably going to have, have that regret. Cause I think you are, you are doing retirement the way that a lot of people envy and, you know, you guys, you're not multi-bajillionaires. You guys have, have done this 
on a budget and you've done it because you were smart with the money that you had. And you, I mean, you said it early on, Joe, you, you paid off debt. And I tell people all the time, when you don't have payments, you have freedom. And I, you know, you'd agree with that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Joe, Suzanne, I really appreciate you guys carving out some time for us here today on the show. Um, I know you guys have got a a lot going on, but the good part about being retired is that, of course, you get to choose the things that you've got going on every day. So time freedom is awesome. So thank you so much for being here. And for anybody out there listening to the show, if you're considering retiring, soon, but you don't really know where to start or if you're ready or some of the, you know, you're not, you just don't know if you're prepared. I'd love to have a conversation with you. And the way that we do that, we try to make it as easy as possible. We start off with a phone call and you can just visit the website, www.talkwithlee.com. That'll take you right to my calendar and you can grab a a spot on that calendar for just a brief 15 minute phone call to see how I might be able to help you. So again, Joe, Suzanne, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast today. And we will see you guys next time. Absolutely. I appreciate everything you've done for us to help us through this too. Absolutely. Thank you guys. We appreciate it. Investment advisory services are offered by J.L. Perkins Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and insurance agency. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.